Blog Talk Radio. The Purple Angel. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. Um, I am so excited. It's just a beautiful day here in Minnesota. We're, we're talking there might hit 60 degrees. So that's quite a treat for us here. A lot of times we're in the midst of Maine snowstorms about now. So um, for those of you that are new to our radio show, I just want to give you a little background about us. Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And I started this company because my mom was on this journey for 30 years. And I just felt really isolated and felt like I didn't have resources and that there weren't resources. And as I explored things, um, I found a lot of positives wrapped in this disease. And I found a ton of resources that most people didn't know about and figured that um, there's got to be a way to share those. And so started our, our website and our blog and resource directory and and then the radio show and the, and um, our Dementia Chats webinars, which will be later this afternoon as well, uh, that are free to the public. So you know, at our core, really, we really believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge that we can um, have these everyday conversations like we're going to have today about life with dementia. We're going to talk about how we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and the other symptoms of dementia and help people live with this disease fully and purposely. Let them still be part of the community. Uh, they have so much to, to offer us all. And together, um, by having these conversations, I, I think it's really the only way that we're, we can talk about what the true needs of this disease are for both the person diagnosed and those that love them. At our core, uh, we believe collaboration is the key, and it's the way that we're going to win the battle against dementia. And I have to give you guys each a huge thank you and hope you can feel my hug right now um, because it is because of of your work, your likes, your clicks, um, your sharing that Alzheimer's Speaks was actually named the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's according to ShareCare, which is the largest health and wellness uh, <clears throat> company in the world, and Dr. Oz. Um, I would really appreciate if you continue to like our pages. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, you can like the radio show if you're listening right now. Um, you know, go to our website, www.alzheimerspeaks.com. There's tons of information there. You can share any page very easily at the top. Just click on the icon. Um, but by sharing information, it allows our own communities to have access to information they might not otherwise have. It makes Alzheimer's and dementia come to the forefront. 
And when information is in the forefront, it's just easier for people to grab a hold of and, and tap into it when they need it. Because this is a disease where um, if you're dealing with it, you know this, so many people are embarrassed by it. They don't want to talk about it. And that really, really needs to change. So um, I hope you continue to, to spread the work of, of the um spread the word of the work that we're doing here. Now, today is going to be a really fun conversation. We are going to be talking about um, movies and, and films that are out regarding dementia and Alzheimer's and caregiving and we would really love for you to participate in that. And you can do that one of two ways. You can utilize the chat box, um, and I will be scrolling through that uh, throughout the show. Or you can call in live at 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. Now, before I get started... I always like to give a shout out to organizations that I don't think everybody knows. And um, and, it, and it saddens me because they're just fantastic organizations who have been around a long time. The first one I want to mention is Alzheimer's Disease International. Now, they are the organization of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world. So no matter where you are listening from, no matter where you live, or no matter where you might have a friend or relative living, um, Alzheimer's Disease International can hook you up with the closest Alzheimer's association in your area. On top of that, you are going to get a great um, platform of global information um, and research. So go to ADI or Alzheimer's Disease International and check them out. Many people are looking for holistic modes these days, too. And if you visit Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, there you are going to find out information on diet and exercise um, and meditation and uh, lots of resources. They do a lot of uh, free educational forums as well, along with memory screenings. And then, uh, you know, when it comes to dementia, there's so many different types out there, but there are a couple that are, are getting a lot more notice, and they should, and that is the Lewy body uh, type and the frontal temporal uh, type of dementia. Both have national associations that can help you with the specific symptoms of that type of dementia. So check out the Lewy body, which is L-E-W-E, Lewy body dementia association, or the association for frontal temporal degeneration. Um, along with symptoms of dementia can come some speech problems. And so the National Aphasia Association is a wonderful resource, and that is spelled A-P-H-A-S-I-A, A-P-H-A-S-I-A. Um, <clears throat> so don't, don't forget about any of those. If you happen to be in the Minnesota area, um, one of the uh, home health care um, firms that I absolutely adore and is doing some really great specific work when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia and caregiving and, and helping those care partners understand this disease as well as people with, uh, with the diagnosis is Health Star Home Health. And... Um, you know, just give them a, uh, a call or check out their website. They've been through the Alzheimer's Whisperer program, 
which is very specific, great training. Again, that's Health Star Home Health. Um, let me see what else is on my list. Of course, music is on my list. Um, I'm a big believer in music and uh, how it can help people connect, uh, not just with dementia, but all of us. And it's something I think that we really overlook. But Alzheimer's Music Connect has specific music um, that has a patent-pending technology with it um, that can help people engage up to three hours after listening to it. And that's that's a pretty cool, pretty cool fact. A couple other ways to engage people are through puzzles, um, and Puzzle with Me by Jane Snyder is a is a great resource, um, specifically built for older adults uh, with dementia. And the Jiminy Wicket program, which is an adaptable croquet program, which is a really cool and a lot of fun, can be used both as a, you know a family in a community, or it can be used uh, educationally for um, schools teaming up with maybe memory cares. Uh, they've done that quite a bit. Last group that I want to give a, a shout out to, or last two groups, I should say, is the the Purple Angel Project with. Norms McNamara, um, here in the U.S., Alzheimer's Speaks is the national launch pad um, and division for that. So you can just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and go to our About page and you'll find the Purple Angel um, and how you how you access information from there. That is the new global symbol that anybody can use. It is free. Uh, so if you're an individual or a business, I would encourage you to find out about the, the Global Purple Angel. Uh, last group I want to mention is the Dementia Action Alliance group. Uh, it's a new national group here in the U.S. really making a difference. And you can find them at daanow.org. That's daanow.org. So thank you for letting me do a little bit of housekeeping. But I just think it's so important for people to to know the resources that are available to them because if you're anything like me, I, I felt very, very isolated. Um, and don't forget about Facebook. Facebook has a lot of great groups uh, like Forget-Me-Not and uh, Memory People that help people uh, communicate all over the world any time of the day and uh, really cool, cool platforms that we have. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. Very excited to have her back with us. She is um, such a sweet soul. And I I had the opportunity to meet this woman, uh, I think it was about a year ago, down in Arizona when I was speaking. And for those of you that know her, um, you know what a just fantastic, fantastic lady she is. She's doing so much for the cause. Her name is Trin Rose Seeley, and she is a professional photographer and a sought-after musician. Uh, she has supported the lives of young children and those with special needs and elders, along with people who are dealing with Alzheimer's and other related dementias for over 25 years. She's actually written a caregiver book called 15 Minutes of Fame, One Photo Does Wonders to Bring You Both Back to Solid Ground, which is just a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, Trin Rose also teaches expressive art classes, so if any of you are interested in that, You'll want to get in contact uh, with her regarding that. All of her projects and offerings are designed to empower caregivers and the ones they care for. So welcome, Trin. It's just so great to have you back with us. Thank you. 
It's so nice to be with you. And uh, you come back to Arizona anytime when you'd like the sunshine, though I hear your sunshine is coming back as well. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's so funny because here it was like 27 degrees and the sun was out and nobody was wearing jackets because it was just like, <laughs> woo-woo, <laughs> you know, it's above zero. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're, we have a little skewed opinion this time of year about what's warm. Um, but, but 60 will will be in shorts and, yeah, everyone will be crazy. Riding, riding bikes and walking and <laughs> and no jackets. So, um, yeah, we're we're anxious here for spring to come, and it, it's very much appreciated. But we also know, living in Minnesota, we could get dumped on any time. This could just be a teaser. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, wow. today, so can you give? Can you give us an update of, you know, what are you up to these days as you um, work with caregivers and, and people with dementia? What all are you doing? I am doing a lot of things. as I And one of my favorite things to do, Lori, I love how you've mentioned all these wonderful groups of different people who are all working on the support and the cause for Alzheimer's. Uh, there are so many resources continuing to develop and evolve and show up and books and movies and groups that provide music it's such a it's such a good thing uh, even just 5 years ago there wasn't this much happening for support for caregivers so it's very exciting and the time that i spend online i have a facebook page called facebook.com/caregiverheart it's just a wonderful time to promote what other people are doing and put the best resources that I have found on my page and share them with people who are looking for support. So that's been fun. Um, I'm writing a chapter for a compilation caregiver book that is called Conversations in Care. There's a wonderful woman named Tammy Newman who does um, programs and radio shows as well for children with diabetes as well as people with dementia. And she is putting that book together. I'm helping run an online support group for that process, and that's been wonderful. That will come out uh, later this year about dementia and caregiving. So that's fun. Um, I'm supporting uh, getting my book out there, 15 Minutes of Fame. I'm also writing a spiritual book. My current book, 15 Minutes of Fame has reference to the Golden Rule and general spiritual resources, but this new spiritual book will be particularly on the spiritual religious support journey for caregivers, and that has also been exciting. Wow. Um, I'm I'm having a good time uh, running a, this expressive arts class, Mindful Art, at an adult day center near where I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona and getting to talk with people like you on the radio. Hooray! Good life. <laughs> well, man, you're keeping busy. You're keeping busy. That's fantastic. Well, today, you know, we had talked that we were really going to explore um, some some of the latest films and documentaries um, that are out, and it's been so exciting to see, you know, more and more films um, and getting more attention. It's been slow, 
um, but it's been uh, but it's been a fun process to see. So, um, where would you like to start in terms of you know should we talk about kind of the 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 difference in terms of you know fiction uh, versus nonfiction in the equation of of um, the movie about Alzheimer's with Still Alice. Yes, yes, and and just to say in general how amazing movies, documentaries, films are at communicating, you know, transporting people to a place of hope after a struggle. They're showing us a portrayal of something. They're teaching us something. They're demonstrating what can happen in a positive way with dementia in particular on our subject today. But how how wonderful movies are for that. You know, we're, we all go on YouTube and we see something for 30 seconds and it, it makes our, makes us laugh or it makes us feel more confident about what we need to do. There's a wonderful four-minute movie out there about a father and son. The father has dementia. And within four minutes, you're in tears and your heart is broken open in the best possible way. You know, it doesn't take long to communicate or share or surprise somebody with insight, with media, with movies, with films. So it's it'll be fun to to talk about those things today. Yep. Is that the one with the birds? Oh, the father and son are sitting on the bench watching the birds. Yes. I yes, love that's that the one. It's the yep. best one. I mean, we could describe it in ten seconds. It's just very powerful, though. Just very, very powerful. The kindness that the son realizes after his his dad himself with dementia is waking up the son. No, be be patient, be loving. And he is because it's so beautifully shown. That's yep. something I put on my wall you, probably twice a week. <laughs> do you so remember lovely. the name of that film? Because I know it's a foreign film. Um, yeah. But I, I use it in training and, oh my gosh, nice. people just break down in tears every time. Yes, every time. Uh, what what I when I search for it online because I post it fairly often. It's so lovely. I look for I, I type father and son sparrow. Sparrow. It's about mm-hmm. this bird. The bird is the the thing that teaches teaches the son to to reconnect. Yep. And that works. Yeah. Yep. Very. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So there. Well, so what yeah. did you, what did you think of the movie Still Alice? I just saw it last week for a special screening show, and Still Alice is, I'm so glad that Julianne Moore won an Oscar for the movie because it just brings awareness and attention to Alzheimer's as a need to pay attention to in our culture. Um, mm-hmm. The book, the the it was written by a neurologist named Lisa Genova. She learned a lot about Alzheimer's as she cared for people and helped diagnose and support them. So she created Alice as a character. It's a fictional portrayal of Alzheimer's. It's very much a teaching movie, I would say. Um, And we have some amazing real voices now. Again, I say five years ago, we didn't have as many real voices of people with dementia experiencing 
younger onset dementia in their 50s um, who are speaking about it, writing about it, creating films about it. Um, this mm-hmm. one is getting a lot of national attention, and that's that's the value, I think, of it. Uh, another really valuable part of the movie to me was the portrayal of the husband. Um, Alex Baldwin does a, a fantastic job of portraying what it is to be the husband of someone going through this struggle. He's, you know, some moments he's very on it. He's supportive. He's encouraging. He's saying, I'll be here for you. Don't worry. We'll figure this out together. And another moment he's saying, why did you forget about our our business dinner with my boss? I can't believe it. You know, he, he sort of shifts back and forth between being on the program of this is what's happening now and oh I'm so devastated that you blew it which mm-hmm. is real it's the real way that caregivers experience this process and they're trying to figure out what to do next and trying to help the the person they love and they're also dealing with a lot of loss and the the pieces they're trying to pick back up and trying to understand and trying to manage medical issues and and the financial questions you know it was it was a very he did a very good job i thought and i also thought that the doctor in the neurologist in the show was a good model for doctors <laughs> doctors watching the movie you know he knows so much more than the typical i would say of what to do. He says, you know, we need to do a CAT scan, we need to do a PET scan, we need to look at this and that. And He's very informed. And I'm sure the people who created the movie, Maria Shriver is one of them, who said, you know, let's make sure this doctor knows what he's talking about. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good for for doctors to get on the program of knowing what to ask a person or what tests to do when they come in their office. So Mm -hmm. those are powerful elements of the movie. Do you, yeah, did I, you see it? Yeah, I did go see it, and I thought it was done really well. Um, I loved the acting. I loved how the daughter that no one thought would do anything stepped up to the plate and and yeah. um, really was there. You know, I I was a little disappointed in the ending that, you know, well, and I won't blow the ending for those who haven't seen it. I was just a little <laughs> disappointed in the, in the ending. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I thought the acting was really good. I've I've heard a lot of... Um, people say that they were upset in terms of, you know, that this is a very rare form of dementia, and they yeah. just hope the public isn't misled that it because it was a rare form. But, you know, again, it was uh, it was a it was a book. Lisa did a fantastic job. In fact, I, I had her on the show. I don't even know, probably a year, two years ago. Um, you know, she did a wonderful job raising awareness, and you know, I think we we have to. They can't do everything, you know, all at once. It's just not going to happen, and we're always going to disagree without with what's out there. Um, but it was a brilliant start. It got great attention. I can say I was a little disappointed personally, and I heard this from many others too that um, the Oscar platform wasn't utilized for a call of action. Um, and but you know, like I told people too, hey. This is a big night for her, a lot of excitement, and, you know, it's easy to just lose your words, um, you know, and be overcome. And and so I, I, you know, I don't think it was done 
purposely or maliciously or anything like that. No. I, I think it's a, I think it's something that anybody doing a, a film in the future needs to really understand the need for the. I mean, there was calls of action by many other people for women's wages and different things. Um, this deserved that kind of attention too. But again, won't hold it against her. Um, She's got time to make that up. She'll be speaking about it more, and and hopefully hopefully she will do that. I I just think it's critical um, that people understand where to go and what to do uh, for resources there. Yeah, and this is the beginning. You know, it's just come out. I would say she does have much more time to share even more about how to stay connected to the cause and and particularly to say this movie is describing the journey it's it is entertaining and i as i said i really loved the portrayal of the husband and that the doctor had a lot of information to impart that people watching would say oh, okay i now i know what to do when i go to the doctor what to ask that i think that's really valuable and uh, as you say the focus on the family gene there are it's only 1 to 2% of cases that we mm-hmm. can trace to a particular gene at this time and i would say that what would be a value takeaway is to focus on what you inherited in your family it might be something else it might be a heart issue it might be a it might be a blood pressure issue. It might be a thyroid issue that you may have inherited in your family. And those things, those issues can cause symptoms of dementia. So if if any takeaway is is taken from that movie, to me, it's if you're going to focus on your genetics, figure out what is in your health complement and what is in your family's system so that you can call it what it is. If it's not Alzheimer's, you don't want it to be. It might be some other mm-hmm. thing that can be healed or cured. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing to to note is you could have the gene, and it it may not it may not pop up and really um, do anything. It might just sit there. I, I have a friend who's over seventy five, and he said, "You know, I got the gene, but you know, I'm I'm doing okay." And he's watching it real close. He's a doctor. And, uh, you know, he does all, his name is Dale Anderson, and, and he speaks on this stuff. And he says, you know, a lot of people don't like to even take the test because, um, you know, they, they might worry so much and cause so much stress, they're going to cause other damage um, to their body through the stress. Um, and, you know, most of us probably have the cancer gene. Is it going to mutate or not? We don't know. So, Again, right. I, I think it's good to know family history, be precautious. Um, but dementia has no borders or boundaries, and you know it, it can attack anybody. And people need to understand that, and they need to really understand what it's like to live with this disease. And I think that's what Still Alice did a great job. You know, people said, people talked about the running scene, um, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Do you think that's what it's really like?" and you know, I think it's probably different for everybody when you feel disoriented. You know, bottom line, she was disoriented and she was lost. And yeah. Um, I, yeah. I thought they did a good job how they portrayed that in the film. Um, sometimes it's not what do you see um, that manifests with, I mean, when I think of myself, it's it's how it makes me feel. 
um, yes. that that really is the root of the issue. And if you can get my feelings under control, because if I'm anxious or upset, then then you can calm me down. But if I just describe what I'm looking at, you're just trying to change that. I, you know, those I have to deal with those feelings. And um, yes. and I think the person with dementia has to deal with them, and I think the people around them have to deal with their emotions. And, and we're not real good here in the U.S. with dealing honestly uh, with our emotions. <laughs> and, yes. and I think that's I think that's one of the lessons um, that that this disease is going to teach us that emotions aren't good or bad. They are. We have to accept them and we have to move through them. But it's our actions to them that usually gets us in trouble, you know, if they're not yes. appropriate. Yes. With that. And as a, sorry, when oh, I was ahead. doing full-time, when I was doing full-time care, you know, every day for several years up in Colorado, that's what I was learning about people is that they would be, people with dementia would be lost, disoriented, confused, frustrated, you know, just distressed and to just be next to them and with them and and see what I could do to support them. Sometimes it was to laugh and joke and be silly and dance a little with the music happening. Sometimes it was to sit down and sit quietly and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just say, it's kind of frustrating to feel this way, isn't it? And have them say, yes. And I'm embarrassed, and I don't know what to do. I don't know where I am. And then to do some reorienting and say, well, you know, your daughter's coming for dinner tonight, and we're going to be having some live music in the living room in a little while. If you'd like to enjoy that with me, I'd like to sit with you. You know, try to just connect with a person, a human being who's having an experience. Sometimes a person would ask, when am I going home? And they would ask and ask and ask for months until they felt comfortable. And finally, they would feel comfortable and they didn't need to ask that question anymore. But they needed to ask until they were satisfied or comfortable or connected in Mm -hmm. their new life in the care communities I worked in. So I totally agree that in that movie, Still Alice, when she was lost running, that they really captured it cinematography, you know, in the cinematography of just breathing, disoriented, blurry, you know, and then in focus. And it it was how it felt to her. And, and it brought that feeling out in me. Oh, I know what that's like to feel lost when you're lost somewhere. So I thought that was powerful and, and that it's true. It's real. The kind of things that we do as support people for those with dementia is to try and connect with them when they're in those feelings of disorientation to try and bring them back to solid ground again. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought it was cool, you know, like you said, it it, it made you feel disoriented watching it. Um, and that was a, a true, I think, gift because I think sometimes we don't get it all the time. <clears throat> you know, we don't, we don't really understand um, what it's like and, and why it is <clears throat> how it is. Um, until we all of a sudden feel it, and then, and then when you feel it, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's this like compassion that comes over you, and go, oh yeah, that's spooky, you know, yeah. um, that's not a, that's not a good thing, and you know, to 
to be able to pull that compassion out of people and to get them to recognize the need for it and to correlate um, to the to the feelings and the frustrations. To me, that's huge. That's huge. And I and I think they did a lot of the, those types of things, you know, really well. Even when they found the phone, you know, was it months later? You know, yeah. um, you know, just uh, just those little things. Um, yeah. Big impact, big impact. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to um, just, you know, tell our, our listeners here, if anybody has a question or a comment, we would love to hear from you. You can utilize the chat box, as I said, or you can call in live at 714-364-4757. Um, I know, and I don't know if you saw this in your area, but um, it was kind of interesting because with the movie Still Alice, people were really frustrated that they couldn't get to it, that it wasn't mm-hmm. in the theaters, that there was all this hype going on about the awards, um, but it wasn't available to see. And then after the awards, then it kind of broke out into the theaters, but then all the hype was gone. I just kind of heard it through word of mouth that it was now at the theaters. And I just thought, you know, they had it kind of backwards, Um for people, but I think part of it was they were scared. They didn't know if this film was was going to be accepted or embraced or wanted, and didn't want to spend the money and the time, you know, to to book it in the theaters. Hopefully, this experience with Still Alice has changed that. We do have a uh, somebody on the line from a two a zero one number. Let me pull them in and see what they have to say. Okay. Yes. Uh, 201, you are live and on the air. Can you state your name for us? Uh, it's Michelle DeSocio. Well, hi, Michelle. Hi, How Michelle. you doing? Oh, hi, Trin. Hi, Lori. I wanted to support Trin and, and the show and thought it was a great topic. Um, Good. I, uh, I, I did see the movie with my sister. My mom had dementia now 16 years, and she's been in the final stages for several years now, so... We don't really talk about it much anymore, and it gave me and my sister some bonding time. Um, so that was that was good. Um, I was disappointed that the movie theaters are scarce. It's hard to find um, mm-hmm. for, for, for a movie that won an Oscar. I think Julianne Moore did an excellent job in portraying what what it's like. I saw we saw a lot of my mother and her, um, uh-huh. and we had a lot of special moments. Uh, with that, um, I think it was lacking. I, I guess with someone who people who have been through the journey, it was lacking in a lot of the difficulties that you know, like financial difficulties, uh, finding care, uh, medications, that kind of stuff. But the actual, I kind of felt that she did capture a lot of what we saw happening with my mother throughout mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. That was good, and um, I wanted to mention another movie that was really good that we saw in New York City. The opening we went to Michael Maron's A Short History of the K. That one was a good one as well. A short, a short history, history of the K. Of yes, the K? it was the opening of the K. Yes. Uh, oh, of the K. Very. Yes, that's a good one too. Oh, I've not heard wow. of that one. Yeah, that, oh, uh, I went with my sister to the opening, and uh, we met Michael Vaughn. He, uh, he wrote it or produced it, and um, it was just a very good... It was based on true story, but it was ficti- fictitious also, but it was in his family. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, good. Well, thanks for sharing that other movie with us. Um, yeah. That's I, I had not heard of that one, so it's always always good to hear of others. Yeah. That's great. This, and, I, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you for mentioning that it felt like it was the movie still Alice was lacking in the real issues of care, needing care, and medications. What I felt like when I watched it was that it was very compressed for the movie. You know, we we mm-hmm. are used to seeing a movie in a theater that's about an hour and a half or two hours long, and it, as a person very attuned to the to the steps that it takes to do support and care, I heard them, but it was quick. As you know, it was it was very quick. So mm-hmm. the the timeline was shortened in terms of what she what she got, what she received, and what she needed. But that sometimes mm-hmm. happens in a movie. Yep, yep, for sure. Well, good. We've got another caller um, at a 951 number. Um, I'm not sure if they want to go live or not. Some people just call in and listen that way, too. 951, if you um, have a comment, just push 1, and then I'll know that you uh, you want to make a statement, and I'll pull you into the conversation. Again, for those of you that um, want to make a comment, you can call into 714 714- Three six four four seven five seven, and nine five one. You are live and on the air with us. Can you state your name, please? Oh, they just hung up. Okay, I guess they changed their mind. <laughs> well, come on back if you want. We'll be here a little more. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Well, let's move on to uh, another movie called. Um, I remember when I paint. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that movie? Yes. Um, the full title of the movie is I Remember Better When I Paint. And it's a documentary that was created in about 2009. Um, Berna Hubner is the daughter of the subject of the movie who goes by Hilgos. Her name is Hilda. And I've been in touch with them over the years. They do wonderful support in the city of Chicago. There were uh, music therapy and art therapists who came to be with her mom in the care community where Hilgos lived. And so they, with the, the sales and support of this film, which can be purchased on Amazon, um, they give scholarships to students at the the Art Institute of Chicago, which is a terrific way to forward the support of people who can do this kind of care. Um, it's wonderful. The, the, the woman, Hilgos, was placed in a care community. She was a wonderful painter in her lifetime career. And at one point, Berna was visiting her and said, you know, Mom, would you like to paint? And she said, oh, yes, I remember better when I paint. Mm -hmm. And she did, and she did, and and it was wonderful to bring in these young students to work with her. The one that that first initially worked with her for many months before she really felt like she was connecting with Hilgos describes in the the film about how she just kept – 
wanting to be gentle and not push her into painting if she didn't want to. But there was a time when this student was leaving, and Hilga sort of called her back and said, I thank you so much for coming, for being part of my life. And the student was sort of bowled over because she hadn't gotten such a response before. But something shifted after several weeks of being with her and just providing the possibility that she could paint, she would if she wanted, and she did. And then she sort of reconnected and started painting and painted a lot of beautiful paintings. They have a calendar that exists that can be purchased to support their group. And just I've seen so much of what happens in the movie in what I've been able to do at my art classes, seeing people sort of transform from distressed and confused and disoriented and frustrated to calm and connected and laughing and telling stories and singing and creating. So it's a wonderful portrayal of that. Um, There's a wonderful doctor on the East Coast. He's passed away now. His name is uh, Dr. Gene Cohen of George Washington University. He speaks in the movie. There are some bonus features at the end that sort of help can help a care community get started in this direction of providing art for people. And he is just such a gift. He's written books himself. One is called The Creative Age, and another is called The Mature Mind. He's very much about people as we age. We actually get more savvy, more able to figure out what we need to do in our lives. If you remember being a teenager, you're sort of all over the place and have no idea what you're doing and (laughs) sort of (laughs) hang on tight (laughs) to figure out what's next. And when you're older, one of the stories from one of Gene Cohen's books is um, a couple who was in an unfamiliar city. They got lost and they went to a pizza place and ordered a pizza. And they said, we'd like that pizza delivered. And we'd like to go with you when you deliver the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And they got home. (laughs) Smart them. That's just funny. It's it's wonderful to wonderful to see him in that in that program and supporting, you know, creating bonds, renewing bonds of communication with people with Alzheimer's, empowering, you know, caregiver family caregivers or professionals that come in about how to reconnect. There's another wonderful person in the film, uh, Dr. John Zeisel, who has written a book called I'm Still Here. And he his model of working in museums with people to reconnect and bring life back to people with dementia um, is very well known in the country now. He was also a wonderful speaker doing some interviews. And they showed you know, p- people at the... Museum of Modern Art, as well as the Louvre in Paris, just coming back to life and speaking about art, you know, creating a space for people to remember who they are and what they love, you know, looking at the the lily pond of Monet, you know, the people will start saying things like, well, he was very depressed at that time. And they knew mm-hmm. they can. They know art. They know life experiences. They've had them themselves, and sort of share part of their lives when they see art. It reminds them of their own lives, and and 
people walking by would say, is that a tour of people with dementia? They'd say yes, but they don't they don't seem that way. They're just reconnected and happy and engaged. So that's a wonderful, wonderful movie to to remind us of those connections that can be made. Oh yeah, it's um, it, it's very very great. Again, the movie is called "I Remember Better When I Paint," and and it it is. It's just so touching, and I think it's so inspiring too that um, it, it gets us to think about getting out of the box of so often yeah. we look at, oh, somebody can't do this and they can't do that. And they and it really, it, it, it gets you inspired to say, let's see what they can do. Let's see what excites yeah. them. Let's see, let's see what's possible, you know. Let's just yeah. have fun. Dang it, let's try. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and that's so cool. That's just so cool. Um, instead yeah. of getting in this Debbie Downer mode of I've got a disease and I can't do anything and life is over and you know yeah. um, death awaits me and I mean and that really it's it I mean it, it sounds kind of dramatic but that's how a lot of people deal with it and look at it mm-hmm. and then they walk away because it's so painful instead of going for the excite, excitement going for the engagement trying new things and. And, you know, that's some of the, the brilliance of, I think, what these movies will bring out is is the the beauty in in life, um, even if disease is, is there. Um, most of us have some type of disease, you know, if it's a toenail fungus or, you know, whatever. I mean, not, not, none of us are perfect. Um, and, you know, we still push on every day. Um, and we still want to engage. We still want to feel purposeful. We still want to contribute um, and feel yeah. honored. And and that's to me what this this um, this movie really shows is that you know all of that is still possible and more. Yes, yes, it is. And you know when a person starts to shut down energetically. It's it's the caregiver's job to try and re-engage. The person will communicate when they're really done. You know, when they're done, they'll start to say, no, no thanks, no, I don't want to, or they just won't respond at all. But give them the chance to engage. Give Create a space for them to connect and, as you say, contribute and feel honored and feel like, something valuable is happening and I'm part of it. You know, this is what I see in my art class all the time is people coming in stressed and disoriented and by the end they're just happy, connected, smiling and the caregivers will say, you know, they felt that way for a couple of days after class because of what Mm -hmm. you did in that time together, you know, really connecting and engaging. So, you know, it's the real process of passing away and being done with a life, we all have to do that. And sometimes we get that chance to really look at it for some period of time. And if we have the chance to engage a person with dementia, give them the chance to stay connected if they want to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, the other thing that I think, and you had mentioned this, um, in terms of if you're able to witness that engagement, that's something you're not going to forget. 
you know, and it it just it stays with your soul and it it lifts you up um, because it's an it's an incredible thing to watch. It's almost it's almost like watching a birth or um, a child grow. You know, um, this is a this is a uh, an elder well not, not necessarily an elder person because people of all ages are getting dementia, but this is a person growing in a new area, and and seeing people blossom, you know that's yeah. a privilege. That's a privilege to to witness, um, yeah. and and it's it's really it's I don't know. It's just a very cool experience and and one that so many people miss out on because they judge it's not possible. Yes. Yes, and it's too difficult. I can't do it. And one thing that I I like to share with people as I've worked in care communities, I've worked in private homes, I've worked at the Alzheimer's Association in in an office setting, in a support group settings to remind people that you can just do one small thing. You know, my book is called 15 Minutes of Fame. Just short 15 minutes a day. Try 15 minutes of bringing a person's life back to them. If it's song lyrics, if it's favorite poems, if it's certificates of honor, the the books that they've published, the projects they've done, the quilt she's made, the, the gardens she's tended, show pictures of these things and mm-hmm. find that one photo, that one song, that one life story that brings you all joy. Try and see what happens. Just see. Yep. You might be pleasantly surprised, and most often you are surprised and delighted that this person is reengaged. They're connected. They're happy. Yeah. One of the things that you know, I say with my mom and her 30-year journey, what she taught me was to play again was to see the possibilities and to, you know, get out of my box of what society said was possible. And and that's just such a, a beautiful, beautiful gift to have, um, to, you know, the simplicity. I mean, as silly as it sounds, but just the sim- simplicity of being able to play. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty cool. That's, that's yeah. and it And it brings you so much peace. Anyways, it does me. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just a screwball and it doesn't affect other people like that. But but, but for me, no. it's just so peaceful, you know, yeah. so peaceful with that. So, yeah. well, well, I think we're severely addicted to animal videos on the computer, you know, the cute yeah. little puppy that barks and sounds like a little kid or the the kitten who's trying to reach for the you know, the egg carton, you know, whatever. It's funny and it makes us laugh because animals just do what they're doing. They're not thinking about what people think of them or how they should behave or whatever. People love seeing funny stories, whether it's a pet in a home or a, a wild animal romping in a puddle. You know, we we there are a million views on those things. <laughs> so Yep. We want yep. to play. We need to play. And it's part of our way of accessing that play. We also need to do it ourselves, you know, remember to play and remember to, to get out of the house and away from our computers and and be connected to our families and friends and, and have some joy. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's move on, unless you have anything else on that on that particular film. Um, you want to move on to the the film, yeah. The Genius of Marion? Yes. Yes, wonderful, 
wonderful show. It was on public television in November on a show called Point of View, which I'm so proud of the filmmaker Banker White for getting to public television. And um, he is the son of the subject of the movie, whose name is Pam White. Um, At age 61, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2009. And I connected with him um, through my cousin who lived in Boston at the time and found out about his film. I've been sharing it on my Facebook page and and Twitter and things. Um, The Genius of Marion, the mother of the subject of the movie, uh, got dementia. And she was a wonderful artist as well as the subject, Pam. Um, It's just very raw and real but it's very kind. It's very you can tell that the relationships in the family are very connected. You know, the husband Ed is just loving his wife and he's inter- you know, the son is interviewing the husband and he's just in tears about, you know, my wife has given me such an amazing life. She's given so much to me and we are together and I am going to give back to her now and support her. The cinematography is very beautiful too. The way that you, how we were talking about how you with with Alice and the jogging scene, and she's lost, and you you feel that way when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You're watching Pam experience how she's losing her connections. Um, she's uh, there's they show a, her through a magnifying glass at certain points. You know, you see her standing at a window where it's pouring rain. She's just looking out, but you can just feel like you're standing right there with her. Um, It's very beautifully done. She has a big, big smile to cope with her struggles. She's the kind of person who's always been smiling, and now she will flash that big smile when she's kind of confused and lost and stuck on something. Um, She'll say things like, well, I think I used to be confused, but you think I'm confused now? You know, she's very much trying to reason her way through this struggle, and she's not able to figure out what's wrong. Well, my mom had Alzheimer's, right? But I don't have Alzheimer's, do I? And there's sometimes those gentle reminders. Well, yeah, you were diagnosed with it. And, you know, she's just looking out the window sort of, you can feel her pain of, it's that happening to me now? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but it doesn't leave you at a low place. It leaves you at a high place. You know, it's very beautiful, beautifully done. Um, there's an eight-minute version of the film on um, David Shank's site. He has a he's written books about Alzheimer's as well. David Shank. Um, he has a a site called Living with Alzheimer's Film Project. I just posted that on my Facebook yesterday. There's several short films that have been created in the world that are very powerful, and this particular one, The Genius of Marion, is one that I know about, but there's there's going to be so many more as well. But I'm so glad to know about this one, and um, I'm sure it will be out on public television again, and um, I would love to see it more in theaters. He's, he's, Banker White is traveling and doing screenings in different states and things, so 
you know, that's sort of the movie phase we're in right now. We used to go to the theater for, and a movie would be there for two months. And now things are online. Things are in special screenings. You know, they get awards and they start to get promoted more. But they're accessible. And you can also purchase that movie on at, on Amazon, The Genius of Marion. I was able to capture it on TV in November as well as um, watch it again. There's just been a... Oh, it's a wonderful portrayal of the loving relationships in a family and a person who is thankful for her life. And all the mm-hmm. people in her family are thankful for her and are doing their best to, to care for her. Wow. that's I, You know, I, I saw um, trailer bits of it, but I never saw the full the full thing. And yeah. um, <clears throat> that's one of those I'll, I'll have to do something with because I, I've heard great, great things about it and uh, just have not, uh, haven't taken the time, I guess, bottom line, you know, with everything on that. And, and it lot. sounds very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. Again, if anybody has any um, comments or questions, you know, feel free to to go ahead and call in um, on the line. We're going to talk next about Alive Inside. Um, So, Trin, um, what did you think of this? I absolutely loved this, this, this film. Just absolutely adored it. I just swoon when I think of it. (laughs) It's just so wonderful. You know, probably people listening or people ever listening to this interview will recognize some of the footage that was put out in uh, 2012, 2013 online. There's a video of a man named Henry, a man who was very um, shut down, sort of disconnected, even sort of mumbling, unable to finish a sentence or connect or recognize his daughter And as soon as Henry has been given, put an iPod, you know, iPod buds in his ears to play one of his favorite songs, he just comes to life. He just opens his eyes. He's singing along. He said, that's Louis Armstrong. And he's so happy and and starts telling stories about his life. And his daughter is filling us in. Well, he was always a singer dancer along the streets and he would sing singing in the rain and joyful and fun loving man in his younger years and here he is you just see this transformation from withdrawn and not connected to baba da bibba baba da boo happy happy as all get out and the whole movie is full of those moments i mean just packed it's just Tremendous, and those of us who've been doing that kind of support work and energetically bringing music experiences to people with dementia all these years it's like a it's like an advertisement to say this works, this is valuable mm-hmm. um so I'm enchanted evening, you know the man who is also shut down, unable to speak well. You know, they start playing that song for him, and he sings, Across a crowded room. You know, I sort of putting on a funny voice on purpose, and, and he starts to remember his life again. He he was a baseball player. He was in the, the military, and, and all these great stories, and then he's just teared up and says, I'm, 
I'm I just love to do this. I thank you and I'm so happy. You know, it's it's amazing. This is what happens for people with music. So, you know, there's the the man who started doing these uh, documenting these experiences. His name is Dan Cohen. He was a social work social worker and technology guy for his career. But he he somehow discovered that playing a person's music really brings them back. So he asked a filmmaker, Michael Rosato Bennett, to film him for a day. He said, "Would you be willing to just come into these care communities with me for one day?" And mm-hmm. Michael ended up following him for three years. Wow. It was so inspiring what he was doing, so inspiring. So Dan Cohen's site is called Music and Memory. Musicandmemory.com is where people can go to support this group, to donate used iPods for the project of bringing people's personal music in to them in care communities. You know, it shows through the movie many experts, you know, uh, Dr. Bill Thomas and Al Powers of the Eden Alternative, um, Oliver Sacks, just a gift. He's so, so mm-hmm. wonderful. You know, one of his quotes in the movie, was, Oliver Sacks' quotes was, music is inseparable from emotion. If it works at all, it will call the whole person. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely true. When we're we're sort of looking for medical interventions and medical supports for dementia and Alzheimer's in particular, we don't have to wait for something to be discovered. We can right now be bringing this joy and life to people with music. You just see it throughout the movie, the people transforming into happy, connected, dancing singing yep. happy people. <laughs> well, and, and what's interesting with the movie, I mean, I, I went and saw it in one of the screenings, and again, it was it was too bad that it had to be a, kind of a screening and a special invitation because, um, you know, they should be handing Kleenexes at the door because yeah. it's so powerful. You just, just to yeah. see joy in, in an instant every time. And this this wasn't manufactured. This was just, boom, it was there. And the the yeah. lack of of everyday people like myself realizing the power music has for all of us every day. I mean, we we turn on certain music to get in certain moods or get us out of certain moods. And a person with dementia is is absolutely no different. And music, you know, we we engage that we 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 start that when when babies are in the womb, we're singing to them. You know, we're playing music to tummies nowadays. They're hooking them up before they before yeah. they even bounce out into this world. Um, this is something so powerful and so readily accessible and so underutilized. And um, you you go to that film going, where can I donate? You know, on my iPod. You know, how can we help them tap into the schools because the kids go through electronics like toilet paper and recycle mm-hmm. this stuff and get it into the right hands. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really empowering, very exciting film. Very exciting it is. film. Yes, it is. And through and in the movie, you see uh, Dan Cohen going into different care communities and saying, can we do this for you? Can we bring music to your people that live here? 
And in the movie, you see the resistance of these folks behind their desks saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if we can. I mean, can you prove that it helps or can you, you know, what if uh, 10 people want it and you only have five iPods and if we can't do it for everybody, you know, just sort of resistant to. Yep. Hey, music, how can you resist music, folks? You know, try it, give it a go. Um, And by the end, he's got, you know, 100 people saying, we need you to come to our community in every state in the country. So you see that at first there's more resistance. And even, you know, they won the Sundance Film Festival Award last spring in 2014. Even to now, there's such an awareness that has grown in the year that music matters, music matters and not only you don't have to get it exactly right try some kind of music just do it (laughs) don't don't hold back don't uh don't deprive there's one um one story in the movie that's not a person with dementia per se person with muscular dystrophy who is in a in a bed and he said you know i used to have all these great albums and music and it's been eight years that I've been here, and I have not had any music for uh-huh. eight years. And he's a young man. You know, I'd say he's probably in his uh-huh. late 40s. And what what deprivation we've we've created for people. Um, the 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 nursing. You know, I use the term care community because that's what I wish for. That's what I I want to see in a a nursing home facility. I don't like to use those words, but the the way that, you know, institutions have been created is the the marriage of the poorhouse, the workhouse and the hospital. And so for the last, you know, 50 years we've had this model of sterile environment, quiet, you know, kind of beeping noises and and isolation when we we need to create home again. We need to create home home environments, connected music, you know, people interacting and and feeling valued. Um, this is going to change. This is going to change in our culture, and I'm excited. This is a the, the movie Alive Inside shows us that this matters and it works, and it's way better than sitting around waiting for a medical cure. There may be medical cures coming. And I, I totally support scientists and, and doctors figuring things out on that realm. But we don't have to wait for that to have quality of life come back. And yep. um, music therapy as a degree, I think, is going to resurge as well. About 10 years ago, music therapy programs were closing around the country. I was looking mm-hmm. into getting a master's and doctorate in that field, and it was like, mm, you can go to this place or that one in the, in the whole country. And I think music therapy is going to resurge, and that's going to be wonderful for everybody because music serves yep. everybody in the circle. You know, it's not just the person with dementia or the person who needs it brought to them. It's good for the person bringing it. It's good for the people mm-hmm. who are nearby. It's good for everybody in a private home or in a care community. So... Yay for Alive Inside. Thank you, Dan Cohen, and thank you, Michael Rosado Bennett. <laughs> yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, Michelle just noted in the chat box her mom has two iPads, and she gets agitated when the battery needs charging, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, understandable. It's it's very understandable, um, and uh, it's it's a it's a cool cool thing. I know we have a few um, communities here who are doing the 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 project, and 
trying to raise funds for iPods and things for their communities. And again, I would encourage you to go to the site and, you know, if you can donate an iPod, please do so. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a new one. They can, you know, they can use a used one is my understanding. So, um, but we we need this technology in people's hands. Uh, I think you're right about the, the music therapists, um, you know, that will probably be growing. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, I mean, music we could all utilize, but a, but a therapist really has unique techniques in terms of, of even being able to ha- enhance that even more than just us as average Joes. Um, but you look at the power of, that just us average Joes have um, utilizing music, it's pretty. It's a pretty big step, but there's there's even more that can be done through music enhancement, and um, and I think it's something that that definitely needs to be looked at and considered. Um, quality of life is is so key for every person in this world, and um, and music uh, can bring a lot of that to to people uh, in a very economical and fun fashion. So, um, not something exactly. to be underestimated. That's something exactly. to be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and, and what's very important, Lori, is for us to know in our culture, as as you and I and others are empowering the caregiver at home, I see the future of our country needing people to be empowered who didn't think they were going to be caregivers. They didn't realize this was going to be their retirement time was to care for their spouse or care for their brother or their sister or their mother and it is really important for us to know i can play music and it will make us all happy it will work yep. it will it will create quality of life for us because they we need to people need to be doing this support work and if all we feel is we have to wait for a cure that's that's going to really drag down our energy as a culture so you know music therapy i just i get excited for the young people coming along in the world to get those degrees, but it it's in no way takes away from what every single person can do for their family and their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally totally agree. Um, let's see, we've got a caller on the line, so let me just go ahead and pull them in as soon as my computer decides to cooperate here. So. Just a second. We have a caller from a 715 number. Um, you're live and on the air. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Scott Thompson. I'm a filmmaker of a company, uh, My Town Pictures, and uh, we actually just uh, did a film uh, in Zambroda, Minnesota, uh, about uh, someone struggling with Alzheimer's and uh, and how music uh, was a part of the equation to uh keep her present with her husband a little longer. Yay! Thank you, Scott. That sounds wonderful. It's an absolutely brilliant film. I I was able to preview it and felt so honored to watch it. It had me in tears like three times. So realistic. Um, I mean, it shows... One of of the things that I have to tell you, Scott, that I really appreciated about your film is that um, it shows a wide range of of relationships it shows the husband and the wife the um the the dad who doesn't have dementia and his daughters the mom and the daughters 
the mom and her siblings, the mom and her mother, um, uh, the mom and her community, the family as a community, um, the neighbors. I mean, it just um, the work environment, and it's not just a little glance. I mean, you really get a feel of what it's like in all of those relationships, and and they're all so different. And you 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 um, sewed them all together just into this beautiful quilt of you know of acceptance that you know everybody's coming from a different angle, and it's okay. Um, it, it doesn't just happen with dementia; it happens in all of our lives. You know, we have we have different relationships right. with different people, and and we have misunderstandings sometimes. And you know, the 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 powerful end um, to this movie I won't give it away was you know based on a misunderstanding. It was just so beautifully. Um, done and it's just like oh you know I need more Kleenex again um, because it, it it was just you know one of those things where in life sometimes we get something in our craw that's not right and we stew about it we get mad about it we put walls up about it we try to protect we do all these things and and then we find out oh gosh that that isn't really what what's going on here you know um and and how do you get how do you get to that piece? What breaks you to say, maybe I have to look deeper? And it's it's interesting the way the story is told of of kind of what the breaking point is to to get to that, and then the beauty and the honesty uh, of just the innocence. Uh, it, it's just a it, it's a really <clears throat> really nice nice film. Very powerful. Um, I know. I know for some people it's gonna it may be too emotional, um, but this disease is emotional. You know, it's it's real life, and yeah. and I think right. you did a really nice job portraying that. Do you want to tell people the name of your film? Sure. Uh, the name <laughs> of the movie is His Neighbor Phil, um, which seems like an odd title, but uh, it has to do with the misunderstanding you were talking about uh, in the film. And this won't give anything away, but in the film. Harvey uh, is a man in his 50s whose wife is, uh, has early onset Alzheimer's, um, and for years and years in the movie, they took care of the uh, historic state theater there in Zambroda and had lots of musical acts come by. And so he's kind of devoted his life now to her, and it threatens his job, and uh, he's barely getting any sleep. And his daughter, who wants to be helpful, kind of resents losing her mom every day, and so he's kind of uh, a lone ranger. And uh, one evening early in the movie, when he's helping her to bed, she she says, I love you, Phil. Um, but that's not his name, that's the neighbor's name. <laughs> and uh, so he begins to wonder if, you know, their very good friend Phil across the street maybe, have, maybe meant something to her years ago that... Uh, is only now coming out because of the Alzheimer's and uh, kind of sets the rest of the movie's path in motion. But the movie is really is really about um, caregivers and maybe caregivers in the Midwest in particular who are very private people in general, very conservative about not sharing their personal pain with, with uh, friends and, and neighbors. And so Harvey protects her, he thinks, in keeping her illness uh, as much of a secret as he can, even though everyone knows about it. 
It's clear through the movie everyone knows about it, but he, he's still protecting her and kind of refusing help. Um, but by the end of the movie, I think everyone sees that, you know, that the community itself um, is her support and her, her, uh, the way that she comes back to the community from time to time is through the music of the community. And uh, so we, we weave in people who actually have performed at the State Theater in Zimbrota. Uh, a number of them came back and performed, including one, Claudia Schmidt, who wrote a song for the end of the movie. Um, we had some really talented people. And uh, so the, the community of Zimbrota came together, and we told this story in partnership. And uh, so we hope that people will enjoy it when they get a chance to see it. When do we get to see it, Scott? <laughs> uh, well, we're hope we're in the process now of uh, well, we had a week long um, showings of sneak previews in Zimbrota, and uh, we were very uh, pleased that every every showing got a little bit uh, better attended. Um, and on the last next to last day of showings, we actually had to turn some people away. Um, because mm. there wasn't enough room in the theater. So that's always a good problem for a filmmaker to have. Uh, and yeah. uh, they were able to come back in the evening for a second showing. Um, but, you know, we, we feel like the movie has a, uh, has a heart to it that anyone can understand, whether they're dealing with Alzheimer's or not. And it is about family and how personalities, even within a close family, are so very different. Yeah and how they handle grief so very differently. Um, and uh, the heart of it is Harvey, um, the, the husband who's trying to keep everyone together. Uh, we had a very talented cast. Some national stars came to participate. Uh, Daniel Roebuck, who's been in everything from The Fugitive and Matlock and Lost and Glee, he played Harvey. Uh, Stephanie Zimbalist, who was on Remington Steel, uh, did a tremendous job playing Mary. Um, wow. Sally Kellerman from the movie MASH played Mary's mother. Uh, oh. Ellen Dolan, who used to be on As the World Turns for 20-odd years, played uh, Mary's sister, and uh, on and on. So we had a really, wow. really great cast, and and I think the uh, the folks who see it will be will be proud. Yeah, Wonderful. I, I definitely agree. It it is a it's just a wonderful, wonderful film, and it's just one of those that uh, you know we we need to get out to to the broader audience, and uh, it, that's it, that's where it deserves to be. Um, the story really needs to be told, and it, it will give people so much comfort. Um, even though it's emotional and it's sad and I'm getting teary, I'm thinking about it right now. Um, <laughs> it, it is so... Well, is we so, appreciate that. We, The <laughs> motto with my company, My Town Pictures, is we like to make people cry. <laughs> um, but, it, but in Point a good take way. It. Point <laughs> taken. Point yeah. taken, yeah. Um, oh. but, it, but it is. It's so... Uh, I mean, it just shows the beauty in family, um, and in and in community as a whole. And and I think that that's something you know we've lost. You know, is this ability to work together um, and bring comfort and joy and connect. You know, we we go to these movies and they're action packed, and you know, I, 
thank God my life's not like that, you know, because uh, it would drive me crazy. Um, bullets flying and this and that and all all the drama. And, and this has the drama, but it has the joy. Um, but it's it's real life. It's it's um, it, it's really beautiful. It really is very well, thank beautiful. Thank you, and- we, I, we, I, when I set out to make the film, I've had some experiences with folks with Alzheimer's um, going back years and years. And what I always wanted to do with the film is to provide some way to not make it the sort of film that people expect it to be, which is I think people think Alzheimer's and they think the movie is going to be depressing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it is a, there's a sadness in Alzheimer's that you know, is obvious. So you don't have to beat people over the head with the sadness of it. They get that. Um, But what they don't often get is the hopefulness of the fact, and everyone who cares for someone with Alzheimer's understands this really well, that there are certain things that outlast even Alzheimer's, which is that spark of love and devotion that someone has. And they know that very occasionally, depending on where they are in their spectrum of the illness, um, it happens more often or less often, but it's there. They get that spark where there's a moment or a song or something where the the clouds part, and there they are. There the, There's that person you remember, uh, and they're fully there, and you can see it in their eyes. They're, they're fully there. And... So the the people who think Alzheimer's takes people away, they're not gone. They're there, but they're they're harder to see um, until those moments. And one in our movie, one of the daughters thinks that those moments are a delusion, that they're not real. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a response that she has out of grief that she can't bear to think that mom is still in there suffering with this but then i hopefully she comes to realize those moments are very precious and a sign of something that will outlast even the illness so we want people and i think the closing scenes which we won't give away sort of affirm just just that that uh, love outlasts everything else mm-hmm. wonderful wow I love how you describe that exact thing that I've, I've experienced so much is the clouds part and there they are, fully there. You can see it in their eyes. When I was doing some trainings for people, caregivers learning to care for people with dementia, they I would say, look, them, look in their eyes and see if they're with you. If they're with you, keep doing what you're doing. And if they're... They're not there, then try something different. Try a song, try a story, try showing them a picture, something that engages them. And you can see it in their eyes. Exactly. And it's very clear. There's nothing ambiguous about it when you see it. It's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very uh, short film called Ten Glorious Seconds um, that – that captures that moment in a hug, uh, and a and a woman who is dealing with her husband, who it, it appears he's living in a in the community, and she goes and visits him every day, and you know she does her knitting and she helps him get dressed and eat, and 
you see that, you know, he's really not there and that all of a sudden he is for 10 seconds. <laughs> and it's so, I mean, get your Kleenex for that one, too, because it's so powerful. And then, you know, I think she says something like, don't go. You know, because then all of a sudden he's gone again, you know, yeah. when he's in later stages. But it's just, uh, and she just yeah. melts in his arms. She just melts in his yeah. arms when he hugs her. And and yeah. and um, the story of that one is he's looking for her. And they, they you know, he's kind of off in his own little world and she's knitting. And, and there's this storyline about him looking for her, looking for her, looking for her when she, when they were small, when they were young. And then all of a sudden um, he recognizes her today. Uh, and quite beautiful. Quite That's beautiful. Great. So, yeah. And I know in our, we, we sort of play with that notion in the movie, a little bit what what Harvey realizes early in the movie is that because they've run this theater for years and had musical acts, he realizes that when he he takes Mary to hear music, that she is more present when the music is being played. And he doesn't understand it, but he thinks he's got this rival now next door in Phil. So the best way he can keep her from Phil and to keep her present with him is to find more and more music for her to listen to. <laughs> uh-huh. And so he's always there at the library and someone's singing for her or they're out at the uh, the old bridge or something. You know, they're always somewhere else in town or at the theater itself. And he's always got music playing for her just to keep her with him just a little longer. And, uh, you know, so I just, we enjoyed using that because I think, um, this movie, Alive Inside, and others are showing that that's a very real thing, that uh, yeah. when music is played, it has sort of a magical quality. And, you know, in the movie, Mary responds. She suddenly will know the name of the woman who works at the theater when they thought they'd, she'd forgotten her name. Um, or maybe she can sing along with a song she'd probably sung two years ago. Um, so... We tried to use that in a really positive, fun way so that people understood that that's a very real thing. And so we were really happy when the documentary came out about the time we were shooting the movie to really affirm what we were talking about. <laughs> yes, isn't that great? That's that's what's happening now is these things are coming to light that we can connect through music and be bring life back to people and have it ourselves as well. So, yay, Scott. I look, really look forward to seeing that sometime soon. Yes, we're in the process of getting it finished up, um, placing some music, getting it polished up. Daniel Roebuck, who was our lead actor, is also one of the producers. So he's mm. uh, been busy working on things, too, just trying to get it as uh, polished up as he can. And and then we're gonna, we, what we want to do is not just show it for the sake of showing a movie, but we want to use it to to help people and maybe have screenings, um, have events where people can see the movie. And, uh, you know, Danny has even talked about, you know, potentially coming to attend some of those and talk about it. So it's a great um, tool, you know, for people and families to talk and, it would be a shame if it was just a movie. We don't want it to just be a movie, but to use it 
the people that could actually benefit from it would be great. Yes. Uh, Thank you for having it in that. Doing a talk back after the the viewing of the of the film, I think, is a is a great way to um, really engage audiences, and it's not necessarily conducive to all theaters. Though I know that they did it with um, the Glenn Campbell movie. Um, oh. You know, people sponsored that and then had conversation. Um, a, a lot of it was, I don't know, in my opinion, somewhere kind of promoting. Um, more their companies than conversation <laughs> at some of them that I went to. Um, but it's a, it really is a brilliant way to to raise conversation. We did that with a play called My Mother Has Four Noses here at the Guthrie, and I was um, honored to be one of the speakers for that. And um, brilliant, brilliant. And that was a, that was a musical uh, play by a woman whose mom had literally had four noses because she had cancer. Um, and... Um, but but she's just a brilliant artist and and then we had this wonderful conversation and what we found was people really wanted to talk and we were in a limited time that got through would only give us I, I don't know half an hour 30 minutes or something but people would have stayed longer um granted there were a lot that you know thought wanted to go but there were a lot of people that wanted to tell their stories and there's not a place to tell your own story yeah. or to yeah. um get support for your story. Um, and so it would be a really nice way. And because of all the relationships that really play a significant role throughout your film, um, I think it really broadens the opportunity for that conversation because everybody wants to talk about their relationship, you know, how it's working, how it's not working, if it's between siblings, if it's um, between spouses, you know, whatever it is, grandchildren, the the whole nine yards. There's there's so many pinpoints um, with this disease, and that that could work out really, really, really strongly in in my opinion um, to raise awareness, especially with every state, you know, formulating their own dementia plans now. And these screenings right. are becoming pretty popular. I know here in Roseville, Minnesota, um, one of our um, committees is working just on uh, movie screenings and then we've got educational programs that we're putting on as well and uh, we're doing our big kickoff in April and um, you know just more and more communities are doing that so I think it'll be really popular and I'd love to help you get the word out any way that I can because I I believe in the film wholeheartedly well thank you yeah and that's it was sort of our intent that uh there would be enough characters in the movie to sort of represent the spectrum of reactions, both in the family and in the community. And and uh, you know, those are all legitimate reactions. There's no there's no one reaction in the movie that's the perfect reaction, because there is no perfect reaction. Um, everyone mm-hmm. is different, and every family mm-hmm. member has to deal with it differently. You know, Harvey's. Harvey's way of dealing with it is to just be exhausted, just running himself mm-hmm. ragged, trying to take care of her by himself. And I think that is probably the most common um, yeah. family trait of a caregiver. And yes. and yet, you know, there's also one of the daughters who comes home very rarely, um, barely acknowledges her mom's illness, and then when she is, has to confront it, then she leaves again. 
you know, and I think that's also true of a lot of family members that rather than deal with it, it's so painful, they just don't come. And sadly, that yeah. that happens a lot, too. So we tried to run the yeah. whole spectrum of people who are good intentions but deal with it in different ways. Yep, definitely. Very good. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, the the last thing I just want to mention about relationships, um, one of the things that you do really nicely in this film um, that I think every family member has felt and every person with dementia has felt is the the falling away of friends. And, oh, how's Mary doing? You know, I was going to stop by, but... And, and you bring that up in, you know, yeah. several different modes. And it just... You know, it just made my heart just kind of pang because I remember, I remember those comments. You know, good yep. intentions, but fall back. You know, nice that they mentioned her, but you know, not going to see her. <laughs> not sure what to do with yep. her, um, type thing. Yep. And and that's huge. That's huge um, for people to be able to see that and feel that. And again, your your movie um, will make people feel that. Um, it's it's very very powerful. So I appreciate you calling in today, yeah, Scott. Thank you. If if people Thanks are much. interested in getting um getting a hold of you, are you comfortable giving some contact information out? Yeah, actually, um, I was kind of hoping maybe we could just hear from folks who who would like to hear more about the movie sometime, as we hopefully will have news um, down the line here about where they can see it. I know that. They played it in Zambroda, Minnesota, little bitty mm-hmm. town, um, for 10 days, or 10 showings over seven days, rather. Um, not sure if we'll be doing that again soon, but uh, if they would like to ask me questions or ask about the movie, they can just go to um, My Town Pictures 1, and that's all run together, My Town Pictures 1, the numeral 1, at gmail.com. Okay. That's probably the easiest. Or just to go to the website, which is mytownpictures.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining the conversation with us, Scott. I uh, very much appreciate thank you, so you, much. you calling in. And thank you, Scott. It's always thank nice you, to, to talk about his or Phil. <laughs> we appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. So, Turn, we'll have to we'll have to get you hooked up so you can see that one because you will you will absolutely love that film. That's it really wonderful. is very 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 good. Um, yeah. Anything else that you wanted to to talk about? Did you want to mention the Glenn Campbell movie just quick? I, just to say, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I haven't had a chance to be in a place where there's been a screening yet, but I hear that it's coming to public television in June. I heard that on online last week, so we'll be looking for it on TV. I'm excited that it'll be out there. Um, as a musician myself, I can totally understand how when Glenn gets you know, music in front of him and, and the words to a song, he can play it. It's not about how do I remember what I've always done. You just get, the, get his guitar in his hands and start playing that that brings a person back it's like a it's a body memory but it's also you know a heart and and mind memory of what he's always done and 
I'm I'm really glad that they've put that together. That they showed him on his last tour through the movie. I understand, and that he got confused some of the time, and the rest of the time he played his music that he loves to yeah. share. So that's so valuable. And he just kept going. You know, he laughed and had a good time. And I mean, one time because I, I was able to see the show, um, one time he was up there and his teleprompter went black. And he's like, "Hey, get that thing fixed!" You know, <laughs> you know. And then he he just he kind of roared with it. And I mean, I I remember sitting going, "I can't believe he can read a teleprompter." I mean, I was just shocked. But again, it's something he's always done. It's a pattern. It's it's ingrained in him, and you know, um, we can't, you know, we don't know what's gone and what's not, um, or, or you know, when things will trip out. Um, but he, he, you know, he showed joy. He showed, um, he showed anger. Um, but most, of, most of it, he was just, he was content. You know, he was happy, and his family was really supportive, which. You know, I, I read someplace now the the family's kind of going through some hard times between the kids and the and the mom, and I don't know if that's true or not. But you know, you hate to you hate to see that because they really they were all troopers pulling this movie together, and they did some some big big things um, that I think were were brilliant in terms of telling his story. And the music was very fun, and um, the people who um, commented, you know, about his career. Uh, it was really a nice, a nice honor and tribute, but yet still showed, showed the story and the importance of, of, of still being included and being purposeful. Um, yes. I, to me, that was kind of the key of that one, the, the power of that. And, you know, his doctor, I think was even a little surprised, um, at his ability to, you know, and, and the power that the music had with him. And, yeah, uh, it's, well, it, and it's what he loved. It's what he loved, and and we are what we love. You know, our hearts yep. and the things that are important to us, we value, and that's why it works to bring a story back to somebody who can't say it themselves. But when you tell them about themselves, they say, "Yeah, that's me. That's right. Oh, thank you," mm-hmm. and they feel so happy to be known again. You know, and music is such a a tool that we can hand people that they already know how to use. It's not mm-hmm. confusing. Like, well, what do you mean use music with my family? Just play some music. It doesn't matter yep. how you do it. Play it on a recording. Play it on an iPod. Play it on the computer. Play your little ukulele. Do a little song. Something. People know that they can access music and bring it. You know, that there's one more quote I wanted to share from Alive Inside as we talked in the beginning of our time together, Lori, about handling our emotions as human beings, and maybe particularly in this country. But there is a lot of emotion around Alzheimer's and feeling like you're losing the person that you love, and it's true and real. But this quote from Oliver Sacks from the movie Alive Inside is, music has more ability to activate more parts of the brain than any other stimulus. When we are young, music records itself in our motions and emotions. So, Very so bring music, bring a person back to themselves. Yeah, Good. and the the other thing we have to, you know, um, make sure that people are conscious of is that not all music triggers um, good, pleasant thoughts. So you need to know your person, too. Um, because there might be certain things that, that bring up something from the past that makes somebody feel sorrowful. 
and um, or or depressed or sad. So we need to know we need to know their music um, because what makes me happy and excited and joyful, you know, might not make my mom happy, excited and joyful. So we need to make sure it's their music. Um, I want to give another but plug start, to. But- Start somewhere, though, but I want to just emphasize mm-hmm. to start somewhere, to not hold back if you don't know, to s- play something. And you'll see mm-hmm. it in their eyes, just like Scott was saying. You'll see it in their eyes if they like it. Yep, and ex- experiment. Dementia um, is all about experimentation. It's about trial and error. And what works one moment might not work the next moment, and that's okay. But it's about conscious caring. You know, it's about being present and reading the signs and, you know, ask them. Um, Even if they can't talk, you can still ask a question and and read it through their eyes or through their body language. Um, You know, so, you know, our conversations, we think, are all through speech, but but in reality, they're not. And we have to get in tune. We have to get in tune with that. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're looking for some, some great music to Alzheimer's Music Connect, uh, again, great resource um, that you can start with there. But, you know, and if you can't afford something, you know, turn on the radio. Most people have <laughs> turn that. Turn on you know, the radio. <laughs> turn, I mean, this, this doesn't have to be fancy and complicated. You don't have to be able to play a guitar or uh, sing in a band. You know, um, my mom taught me uh, it was okay to sing out of key, you know, because we were both out of key having fun. And it it wasn't about that. And I never, never would do that, you know, in the past, never, because I was too embarrassed because I, I cannot sing at all. Um, or I shouldn't sing at all, probably. Some people would, <laughs> would say, um, but it sing, didn't matter. Sing. We need it. Because <laughs> it wasn't. We need it, your voice in the conversation. It, <laughs> no, it really wasn't about the tone. It was about the effect, you know, of yes. just music and being joyful and being present in the moment. So, well, Trin yeah. Rose, this has just been such Thank a you. wonderful conversation with you today. How? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Well, I would love to connect with people about the kind of support I can give and share, um, particularly on facebook.com slash caregiverheart. My website is also caregiverheart.com. And if people want to be in touch with me super directly, feel free to email me at trinrose, T as in Tom, T-R-Y-N-R-O-S-E, at gmail.com. I'm excited about the kinds of projects I'm part of and supporting and creating and would love to stay in touch. Wonderful. And don't forget about uh, Trent's book, 15 Minutes of Fame, One Photo Does Wonders. Um, Trent, as always, it was just wonderful having you on the show today. And I, I appreciate the time that you spent with us. And, and hopefully um, people will get out and see some of these um, films and then also share with both of us other ones uh, like, uh, yes. like Michelle did. Um, I was yeah. really excited. I, in fact, she gave the link out. It's bigfanfilms.com forward slash a short story of decay. And uh, there's uh, some trailers there. I haven't looked at that because I've been listening to the show right now. <laughs> but, I, but I will be checking that out 
out very, very soon. So thank you all for listening and participating in the show. Um, next week will be a replay because I'm just going to be traveling and I just I, I won't be stationed um, to be able to do a live show. So we'll be doing a, a replay uh, next time. But we do have, um, after that coming up, I will be talking with uh, Mary Kay Baum, from Wisconsin, who is living with Alzheimer's disease. And, in fact, I'm going to be sharing the stage with her at a conference, uh, not this week, but next. We're doing, um, we're both involved in a half-day intensive at the Wisconsin Assisted Living Association um, Assisted Living Association uh, Conference, and we're excited about doing that. Uh, I'll also have the authors of Creative Connections, um, in Dementia Care, Engaging Activities to Enhance Communications, which is a brand-new book uh, that isn't even out yet, but uh, that will be coming out, so I'm excited to, to have them on. And then this afternoon, we have our Dementia Chats webinar, which will start at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central Time, 1 o'clock Mountain, uh, noon Pacific Time, and 8 o'clock London Time. Again, those are free webinars where you can uh, join us free and talk with experts. Talk with people who actually have dementia and 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 uh, ask your questions. Uh, we have really interesting conversations. I learn something new every single time. On the blog, I haven't been writing a ton, but there, the last article that I wrote was called Full, Full Circle, The Cycle of Life and Death. Um, and that really was about a, a, me analyzing uh, where I am after a year of, of loss, you know, since my mom passed away. Uh, from this disease after her 30-year journey. And I've just been amazed at the comments from email and LinkedIn and Facebook and all over the place. It's been quite touching. So I appreciate everyone's uh, support and love, and I send it all back to you. Until next time, thank you again, and have a blessed week. Bye now. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the way showers who will help your journey a lot easier.